This is episode 43 of the Next Generation of Superstars. We are very grateful to have Kayla Thorpe, who currently competes for track and field at the University of Maryland and is originally from Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. And tell us a little bit more about how you found your passion and love for the sport of track and field. Well, the passion and love didn't come on until later on. Um, When I first started track and field, I started in eighth grade. You can start sports in seventh grade, but my friends really got me into it towards the beginning of eighth grade. So it's been fun while it lasted. I was a sprinter at the time. And then high school is when I became a thrower. And it was really because I realized that the training is totally different from middle school to high school. It was this one workout that I really did not like and I realized that we were doing it again. So I was like, oh, I need to find something different, something that I would enjoy because I know this high school thing isn't for me. But um, throwing, I picked it up because I saw the throwers um, in a specific area and I'm like, oh, I want to try it. Like I wanted to try it in middle school, but my coach really wasn't for it. But um, picked it up again and high school and it was just up from there like a lot of the girls on the team were like oh like you sure you haven't thrown before or and slowly began exceeding in the area and so I started getting better went to personal trainings and stuff like that and that's when I started to get a passion for it because once I saw that I was good at it and that I had potential it made me want more and so that's why I started working hard and getting that extra help from other areas. So that's where I fell in love. That's awesome. No, it's incredible to be able to, to go through all those different stages mm-hmm. and really find you know, what it is that you're passionate about within the sport. Um, were there a lot of coaches and mentors and idols that you kind of look up to um, as yeah. you were really you know, going through and, and, uh, and sharpening your, your craft at track and field? Yeah, so shout out to Michelle Ezzi, Coach Gilbert. Um, we have Coach Charles. He was my summer track coach, as he was the cross country and distance coach. Gilbert was the sprint and jumps, sprint jump hurdle coach. And then we have my personal trainer, Barry Swanson. He was great. Um, coach Charles, my summer track coach, is the one who introduced me to Barry Swanson. Is when I qualified for Junior Olympics um, during AAU. But um, that was the first season I qualified, but we really wasn't prepared to go. And so we were like, okay, if you keep train, if you keep training and you train with this guy named Barry Swanson, we will go next year. And that's what happened. So I went next year. Um, Barry, he specializes in throwing, so he helped me tremendously. Like it was like overnight, overnight <laughs> difference. Um, awesome. So I got a different training. Like I learned how to actually weight lift, power lift, and all that. So. He helped me tremendously. He's one of the reasons why I'm here, like where I am today, because I got that extra help that I needed. And he's located in Delaware. I'm located in Pennsylvania. So I took the drive every Sunday, but he's amazing. And then my high school coaches, Eddie, Gilbert, Charles, like they all keep in contact with me. I keep in contact with them. They watched me perform at Henry Lay. So it was amazing to be able to get the support from high school realize that it's still there and I still come and visit during Christmas break and stuff like that to train with them and see them see how the team is doing so it's amazing that's awesome and it's so nice you have that great support system 
of the coaches and trainers and, and people that have really helped mm-hmm. you, you know, with your development uh, within the yeah. sport and, and kind of talk a little bit more about how your family and friends even have, have supported you um, as you've kind of gone through, throughout this journey. Yeah, so my family and friends are my biggest supporters. I have friends from back home that like, comment, reshare, and post my achievements. So um, whenever I have something that maybe my school's page posts, so maybe a school record or a qualification for regionals, anything that I post and I repost, I see my my friends and family from back home reposting. And it's just amazing because... Like I realized the more I go on that there's still so much support from high school. Like I graduated high school in 2020 and it's 2023. The support that I have is just mind boggling or some people that I haven't talked to at all in high school, but you know, we follow each other. And so I've been able to connect with these people recently over the summer and they were like, yeah, I've been watching you since you you were in high school. You made a name for yourself. and." now look at you and I'm like oh wow like I did not know like all of this stuff there's it's amazing Incredible. how like these people can st- still reach out to me and communicate with me that how they're proud of me and how they see me make a name for myself in high school like, that is something that you don't hear every day and so I have a lot of support and then like my mom she sacrificed so much for me to help me get where I want to be she paid for my training in high school when I went to Delaware she drove me every Sunday before I was able to drive, and she helped me financially settle into college and stuff like that. So my mom was one of the biggest supporters, and my family and friends, every step of the way, even when I was transferring and stuff like that, like my family and friends were there to support me no matter what. They are like, we want the best for you, so do what you have to do. So I always had the support. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome to be able to have that support, you know, especially mm-hmm. from close family and close friends, and you said even from friends in high school, right, and to be able to yeah. see that they're still supporting you even three years, you know, since you've been removed, um, that's, that truly shows that the support that they give you is really meaningful. Um, yeah. And kind of more into, you know, what's been one of your, mo- I know there's probably been a lot, but one of the most memorable moments you've had so far um, in your career uh, as a track and field athlete? Most memorable moment, um, I would say, is placing in conference with within my first year of college when I attended Towson University. Um, I think that was a big achievement because as a freshman, I felt like, yeah, when I came in, I felt like, oh, like there's so many big dogs, I can't possibly, you know perform the way they're performing like I'm performing at the highest level um division one but I realized shortly like there's levels to division ones um but competing at division one level you see like a lot of people that are like you and better and so I never thought that I could compete at that level just being fresh from high school but um being able to support my team and get them points during conference so I scored Third, no, I got second in shot for, yeah, I got second in shot for a conference and second in javelin during my first conference. And that was just amazing because it kind of set the tone for how we want the meet to go. Throwing events are kind of first. So we set the tone. We scored the most points we ever scored that year. But um, we still came second. We thought we were going to win, but 
<laughs> you know. Congrats on all those accomplishments, though, that they you know achieved that all conference and be able to do that within your yeah. first year. Um, what, what does that environment look like at the Division One level for track and field, just the fans and everyone else that's there um, in that type of environment? What does that kind of, if you could describe a little bit of that environment um, and what that looks like? Okay, so the level of Division One is just very competitive. It's the highest level. And um, just being at, so my previous university was Towson University, and jumping from Towson University to University of Maryland, like, it's a big difference. Um, it's a Power 5 school. Maryland is a Power 5 school. Yep. When I first was in high school, I didn't realize the levels of Division One because I feel like at my old university, like, it was a lower level, but being in a Power 5, like, it's a higher level. Like, you're going against the best of the best. You thought that the best of the best was at my old university, but the best of the best is in the Power Five schools, like the Big Ten, ACCs, and stuff like that. So um, just be prepared to like compete against people like you, and even better because these people are gonna show you, you know, what you need to do. And it's kind of gives you a little bit of motivation to see other people compete at this level, and like their work ethic, it, you want to match it. And so it's, it's very competitive, I would say, from being in a division one. The fans being from my old university to this university as well, like I feel like the higher the division and the higher the conference and stuff like that, the more fans and stuff are gonna come out. So a lot of fans have a lot of loyalty to whatever school. So Maryland, a lot of loyalty. Like you will see, even on a basketball team, like they will, they will travel to wherever the basketball team is. Right. They will be in the crowd. Like it really just depends on the school, the conference, all that stuff. But you'll get a lot of support, a lot of competition, and just a lot of resources as well. Like there's a lot of resources when it comes to being a Division One program, like, academically, and it's just a lot. It's a lot going on, but yeah. it's worth it. It's worth it. Because 100%. No, and that, that's awesome to be able to you know, experience that competitiveness, right? And, and mm -hmm. be able to play at the highest level, you know, compete against, you know, other people that are, you know, better than you or even at your level, right? Mm -hmm. So to just be able to be there in that environment, give it your all, and, and be able to learn and grow from that um, is, is truly remarkable. And, you know, going a little bit even further with that, you know, the training that comes along with it, right? You know, physical health, mental health that you have to take care of, you know, just being a student athlete. What does that training look like from the physical health perspective at first, um, you know, for, for a Division one athlete in track and field? Wait, can you rephrase that question? So mental health or physical health? Yeah, so we'll first talk about just physical health and then mental health, but just, tra you know, the training routine. What okay. does that look like when you're in season, um, you know, for a Division One track and field athlete? So for preseason, it's a lot of conditioning. Like, there's more conditioning than what we would normally do, especially for us throwers. Um, we're not supposed to do too much um, running and stuff like that because then we lose muscle and stuff like that. But right. conditioning is very important for preseason. So that's the part that we hate because we're like, oh, now we're like hit with a lot of conditioning, and it's definitely a wake-up call on the body but um it's just a good way to get it out now then later in the season where we have to like like train hard and focus on muscle growth and stuff like that but um being able to utilize your athletic trainers and stuff like that to make sure that your body is okay and even if you 
get an injury, like make sure that you go to your athletic trainers ASAP so that we, they can you know, fix everything <laughs> as soon as possible because you don't right. want to go into the season with the injury. So all the conditioning and the breaking of the body could just happen now and then you'll be able to fix it with your athletic trainers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just a lot of conditioning. We have more hours in the weight room. So I would say like we're usually in the weight room three times a week during the season, but preseason is four times a week. So pretty much every day except for one. <laughs> and so you just want to get all the hard training out of the way. And then during the season, it's really like you're focused on whatever you need to do more. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's awesome. And to be able to, uh, you know, go put your body through that, right? You're just putting your body through that training and, and be able to you know, sharpen your craft and get better. Um, and then switching over to just the mental aspect of things, how do you as a student athlete you know, take care and prioritize you know, your mental health you know, going through even the off-season as well um, and be able to, to kind of just maintain you know, your mental health? Yeah, so um, at my old university, I struggled with mental health a little bit because there was just a lot going on. But um, sometimes you just need a reality check and figure out what's wrong. So what's bothering you? And maybe it could be an environment change or maybe a simple talk or just a break. You have to figure out what you want and what you need in order to take the next steps. Just do a self-evaluation. But when I'm overwhelmed with school, I utilize my advisor. So she's here to help me for a reason. And so even if it's a time management schedule of how long I should do a work assignment or like she can split it up during the week or just even help me with the assignment. If the assignment is taking too long for me to do and I'm just stuck, then you utilize your advisor to help you get out that stuck mindset, you know, and she can even help you with a time management schedule for the week so you can balance the student and the athlete. Like I didn't know that, but I utilized that this past season. She made a schedule for me. And so I know how long I should maybe work on this assignment or when I should start it. So I can get a head start on it. But that's so amazing. And then I ask, I, I utilize being able to ask my coach and my advisor for an academic day. And so academic day is for me to just focus on my academics and I could take a break from practice. So I don't go to practice and I just focus on academics so I could catch up with my academics. And that helped tremendously. It helped tremendously because sometimes I do get overwhelmed with school. And then so I'm like, ah, like if I'm at practice, I'm, I need this assignment done. So they are very understanding because you're a student before you're an athlete. So right. taking those academic days is very important. That's but um, when my sport is stressing me out, um, I try to find out what's wrong or what's missing. Sometimes I talk to my coach about it and sometimes I figure it out on my own. But it depends on what the situation is or what I need. But definitely communicating with your coach, especially if you're not comfortable where you're at athletically so vocalize 100%. it because it's just going to be sitting in your head all the time and it's not going to go nowhere it's so true no it's so mm -hmm. true and, and i think that's the biggest thing to have that support system in place be able to talk to people whether it's your trainers or coaches teammates mm -hmm. you know advisors um you know whether school resources are available as well um, I, I think that's so important um, another, you know, big topic right now, you know, it's, it's NIL, right? You're living it like this, you know, you're living in it right now and experiencing it firsthand. How has NIL allowed you to take full control and ownership of your brand? I mean, even going to partner with brands you've always dreamed of being, you know, collaborating with, 
know, how has it really uh, impacted you in living in the, at this NIL era as a student athlete? Well, I think it's like, it's, it's a great opportunity because it just feels like, oh, this brand wants to work with me. And it just makes you feel good, honestly. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to work with brands, especially attending University of Maryland. It brought so many different opportunities. So when I would say opportunities, like, yes, NIL is one of them. They put us on a platform through the school called Open Doors. And so I've been getting NILs through there, and I've been getting NIL deals from other apps and opportunities. I partnered with another platform for NIL. So it's a cool experience just to be able to get your name, image, and likeness out of there. And even, like, what I want to do is work with brands that, I use every day. Things that I use, for example, like Crocs. Crocs is a brand that I want to work with because I use Crocs. Um, I would say Capital City Mumbo Sauce. I use that sauce a lot. And so that would be a sauce that I want to partner with because I use it. I don't want to be a fake, you know, face for a brand that I don't use. Right. But then again, it has its pros and cons. Like, I don't mind, but I prefer to, you know, if I could do that, I would work with brands that I use on a daily that I have brand loyalty to, because then I have a connection to the brand. 100%. But it's definitely an amazing opportunity because it just definitely, like I said, makes you feel good. And like it kind of tweaks and activates your creativity because I'm interested in, you know, advertising, marketing and stuff like that. So it just makes you think of creative ways to promote a, a business or a brand. So I like that aspect of it, just to figure out, okay, how am I gonna promote this brand the best way possible? And how can I, you know, make this brand and other brands wanna work with me as well? I love it, I love it. Wait, mm-hmm. Kayla, what would you say are two brands that you would wish to partner with? You said Crocs and Florida, then what was the other brand, the, the sauce company? I said Capital City Mambo Sauce. Okay. <laughs> That's a Maryland sauce. <laughs> But um, and then another one would be Under Armour. I feel like Under Armour is one of the top because since high school, I've had brand loyalty, not by choice in the beginning, but brand loyalty to Under Armour. My high school was Under Armour. My previous university was Under Armour. My current university now is Under Armour. Maryland and Under Armour, yep. And then, yeah, Maryland and Under Armour, they go hand in hand. So Under Armour... It's, it's just a match meeting coming if I worked with Under Armour. So that's definitely I love, it. I love it. So Crocs, Under Armour, and then if you could with the Capital City Mumbo Sauce. Those yeah. are the top three. <laughs> that sauce, I put on everything. And I put a lot of people on the sauce. I love so, it. I love yeah. it. And we, and we still have you at first and helping you with your training cards. So I think it's yeah. it's important, like you said, right, to, to be involved with brands that you have mm-hmm. interest in. Right, and once yeah. that, you, know, you don't want to just partner with. Now they're all pros and cons, right? You know, if mm-hmm. companies are going to pay more or give you more benefits and perks, and yeah. which is great. But you also want to prioritize, like you said, what do you have interest in, right? You know, you said that you right. wear Crocs all the time, and you have Under Armour like loyalty and stuff like that. So it's like it makes sense because that's your brand identity, mm-hmm. and that aligns with that brand that you're, you're looking to partner with. Um, and, I, and I think that's important for everyone in the audience, even athletes that are listening in that it's like, you know, go find those brands that you can relate to, you can have, um, you can back, fully back and be honored to be, you know, collaborating with them. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is that um, there's so much opportunity in NIL and it's only been two years, 
um, and there's going to be so much more to come, even after your playing days and your career, uh, which leads into my next question. What do you kind of envision for your career right now? You know, if you give a couple, if you have a couple years left at, uh, at Mer- University of Maryland? I have one more year left. One more year left. So what do you envision for your career um, you know, in, in the sport of track and field? So for my career, um, I actually made a major change when I transferred to the University of Maryland because I had to. Um, I was a communications major with a track of PR, and then, but now I'm a sociology major. So for my career, I'm not 100% sure yet, but um, I'm thinking a lot of things because I don't want to limit myself and I like a lot of things. So I would say maybe get into marketing, advertising because of the communications, but then I also like like I want to work with young adults and kids with autism. I'm not shy to that. And then maybe central supply technician. That's what my mom and my sister do. So I would love to get into that. I don't mind getting into a little bit of that, but that's what I have in my mind. I don't want to limit myself. I have a lot of things that I do like to do. So that's where I'm at. I love it. No, it's incredible to have that all those passions uh, and mm-hmm. have that, you know, that you're thinking about right now. Um, and I think, like you say, you work with kids autism, you can take them around media and advertising, you know, all of that is, is incredible um, to, to go after. And that was going to lead into one of our last questions right now, but it would be like, what do you, what do you have free time on your hands as a student athlete? What are some of those passions and hobbies and, and things that you enjoy to do? So I love to cook and I love to travel. Um, Cooking, I love to have my own open kitchen and just do whatever I want to do. Or if I see a TikTok recipe or Instagram recipe, like I want to try it. (laughs) So I just like, I love cooking. And then traveling, track and field has given me the opportunity to travel. And so I love that. I hate being in the house. I don't like being in the house all day. I'm not really an outside person, but I do like to travel. Yeah, <laughs> I do like awesome. to travel. I like to see new things, try new foods, like see different people. Like I love outside. Like I love outside. So seeing different things is just an eye-opening thing for me. I want to be able to travel. So Trek and Field has given me that opportunity. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. And it's so incredible to be able to pursue other passions at the same time while you're mm-hmm. focused on your academics and sport. I'm going to be able to be open-minded and try new things. Um, like you were saying, and you know, wrapping up here, Kaylee, you've given everybody you know awesome tips, advice, and perspective on everything as a student athlete at the University of Maryland. What would you say to this next generation of kids and the youth that looks up to you as an athlete? What would three pieces of advice that that you would give back, you know, for them to to use in their own life? Okay, so three pieces of advice. I would say things that worked for me and things that I've you know developed over time is patience, patience in every aspect because your timing, like things will come when it comes. Things don't work on your time. And so this means for anything, something you want so badly, or maybe things down to injuries. Don't let these things get you down because patience is key and things will work out then. So your problems today won't be your problem tomorrow. I would say networking, I got the opportunity to do that this summer through Maryland and I went to a networking trip in Atlanta. It was amazing. I'm glad I took the opportunity. But networking, networking is important. It will help you come in contact with so many great people. Having connections with people can help you get to where you want to be or get you connected with somebody 
that you need to be connected with. But keep people you meet, especially people who would benefit you close because it improves the support you would have behind you. And then lastly, I would say um, is reach out and then close mouths don't get fed. If you want something, don't be afraid to ask. And I'll just leave that right there. I learned that. I learned that a lot. So that one is important. That's awesome. Just to recap everything you said, Kayla, you said, you know, number one, have patience. You know, everything has, has a timing, um, and you have to have patience with anything you're doing, whether it's in sports or outside of, you know, outside of that. Obviously, too, networking, you know, that's so big, you know, whether you're in school or out of school, uh, mm-hmm. to be able to network and always be, you know, growing your network in all different industries. Um, and you said the last one to, to reach out and really go and, um, go and get it, be open-minded, and, um, and like you said, close, close minds don't get fit. So I, yeah. I love the last line there. And thank you so much, Kayla Thorpe, Track and Field at University of Maryland. Make sure, if you're listening to this, to go follow her all over social media. Stay tuned for her first digital trading card release coming up. And we appreciate you for joining us on episode 43. Thank you.